Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and every Christmas. This is Paul Metz, the host of the Wall of Power Radio Hour, and we one of the last shows of the year to feature one of our favorite guests, Professor Anne Margaret Daniel. I believe she's making our fourth or fifth appearance tonight on the show. She teaches uh, at the New School University in New York City and at Bard College at Annandale on the Hudson. Her essays on music, books, and literature have appeared for the last 25 years in a variety of places, including the New York Times, Hot Press, and The Spectator, among others. She uh, tweets at Venetian Blonde, and uh, she's not only an F. Scott Fitzgerald scholar, but she's a Bob Dylan scholar. In fact, I think, I believe, she also teaches a course on Mr. Dylan at the New School University. We're so excited to have her that she could take time out from this festive day. Merry Christmas, Professor Daniel. And a Merry Christmas to you, Paul. It's a total pleasure to be here with you today and any day. Um, Uh, Thank you. We love having you, and I've been uh, reading your Twitter feeds and and in other places because you have had uh, the great opportunity, and I have to say, I'm a bit jealous to see uh, a few Bob Dylan shows in this uh, November 21 tour uh, that he's been on. And I've been listening to some of the shows on YouTube. He's on fire. Jump in and tell us all about it. Absolutely on fire. Well, yes, I was I was extremely lucky. Um, Anybody who was at any of the shows, I think, was extremely lucky to have, um, I caught caught five of the shows on the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour, which is listed as the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour 2021-2024. It began in Milwaukee on November the 2nd, and it ended almost a flat month later in Washington, D.C. at the Anthem. and I, I was there for the, the last show, unfortunately not for the first. And it really is the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour. Um, unsurprisingly, given the name, it mostly consists of songs from his new album or from the album that he released in the throes of the pandemic uh, back in June of 2020. Of course, he and his band weren't able to take it on the road then. There was no road nowhere at that point. But they are now touring um, primarily with the new album and uh, a newly constituted band. Yes, and uh, tell us about the band. Now, I have to say, Charlie Sexton was one of my all-time favorite guitar players forever, and I miss him on the tour. How's the new guitar player? Well, Charlie Sexton will always be one of my favorite guitar players, and um, and as was the case with Charlie's bandmate Larry Campbell, um, those two guys are are irreplaceable. You don't replace them. You have guitar players who do different things, um, and the the two gentlemen who are now playing with with Dylan, Bob Britt, and Doug Lancio. Um, both playing guitars, uh, playing electric lead, playing rhythm guitar. Remember the way Stu Kimball used to play rhythm? Um, Absolutely. Like that. Um, they are 
They are wonderful. They are seamless parts of the band. They fit right in. Um, there's there's no grandstanding. They don't do particular solo strolls that stand out, although you can hear they're playing quite keenly on, on instrumentals during all the songs. But um, but they they work really well in this particular band for these songs, Um I, I have to say. And also new to the lineup is Charlie Drayton. Charlie is playing drums. Um, and he's, I mean, he's kind of like family, <laughs> it, it seems. Uh, he's, he is, I believe, Tom Petty's uh, son-in-law. And, oh, really? Yeah, and as close as, as Dylan and Petty were, um, it it just seems, it feels like he and Drayton go way back. I believe they played maybe a decade ago at a um, at a, a music festival together, just mm-hmm. almost kind of by happenstance. But Drayton is, he plays a smooth set of drums, and his playing, which is is very jazzy and very precise, not loud, um, permits you to hear Dylan's words really, really well. And it also goes very well with uh, longtime stalwart uh, Tony Garnier on bass. Tony's bass and Charlie's drums really sound beautiful on this tour. And the fifth man is another longtime Dylan band member, Donnie Heron, who I believe first toured with Dylan when he was in BR549 um, back in the late 90s. And they were they were opening for Dylan along with Andy DeFranco, and he's been he and Tony obviously Tony, but Donnie's been a part of Dylan's band for a very long time, and he plays lap steel, pedal steel, um, plays a beautiful fiddle, and on Key West, Philosopher Pirate, uh, he plays the accordion. Um, oh, it's it's a it's a superb that. band. I did a gig. Oh God, I know it's twenty years ago, maybe or so at uh, Bayfront Park in Duluth. I opened yeah. up with a bass Tom Lewis, and then it was BR, uh, either 459 or 549. I can't, 549. I can't the number to call is BR549. They took okay. their they took their name from uh, from the number on Hee Haw, of course. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And at the headliners were the Letterman. And uh, oh. it was the, the real show you've ever seen. And... Uh, you know, really incredible. Tony Garnier, of course, is a god. I've got to know him a little bit over the years. And Charlie Drake, actually, has done uh, quite a few recording sessions in Minneapolis with my friends, uh, uh, the, the Peterson brothers, Ricky Peterson, oh, wow. who's playing with Mac now, and Billy Peterson, of course, who was uh, played on uh, Blood on the Tracks. So uh, his reputation precedes him. That's, and it's <laughs> nice when you have those kind of connecting threads, isn't it? Yeah, and I believe, and I have one other connection, Bob Britt's wife, Etta, and her sister sang background vocals on my 1992 record that Bucky Baxter produced called Whistling Past the Graveyard. So oh I know, my goodness. <laughs> I know, yes, but I've got my weird little psychic connections with this this whole operation. I, and I believe, um, Daniel, how do you pronounce Dan's last name, the new guitar player? Sorry, Dan. Oh, is, Doug. Oh, Doug. It's yeah, Doug. Is it not? Is Doug, Doug Doug Lancio? Yeah, that's it. I haven't. No, I, my my gut tells me both he and Bob Britt live in Nashville. I wonder if that wasn't Bob Britt's suggestion to get Doug in the band. 
I wouldn't know, but uh, you could ask him. <laughs> I know Doug is is not just a guitarist. He's also a record producer. He's been in Nashville for a long time. And he's, I mean, he's worked with John Hyatt, who's one of my all-time favorite singer-songwriters. Um, I know he's worked with Patty Griffin and probably heaps more folks uh, going through Nashville. He plays all different kinds of guitars, but he also does production. He does music mixing. You really hear in his guitar contributions, you hear a producer's ear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, the, the blend, the blend of this band, and particularly on these songs from Rough and Rowdy Ways, um, some of the songs are really hard rocking numbers, like uh, yeah. by Jimmy Reed. Uh, some of the songs are very gentle ballads, like Mother of Muses, and yet. Me having said that, Goodbye Jimmy Reed rocks hard, but it's mixed perfectly. Nothing stands out, nothing crashes, you know, and disrupts your enjoyment of the words. And on Mother of Muses, it's it's not just a gentle lyrical song. It's it's not a lyrical ballad at all. It's absolutely rock rimmed. And Dylan sings that line, Mother of Muses, unleash wrath. Like the band is head up, and people are standing up, and they're moving to the music the way that they would be if it were a big rock. Um, it's 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 interesting. I can't really explain it. You sort of have to be there and feel it happening. You know what? Let's uh, as long as you brought up that, we have three other songs that we're going to be talking about. But the uh, because you brought up that, let's listen to a little bit of Mother of Muses, and then we'll be back with one of our favorite guests, Professor Anne Margaret Daniel, on the Wall of Power Radio Hour on Christmas Day. Mother of Muses, sing for me. Sing of the mountains and the deep dark sea Sing of the lakes and the nymphs of the forest Sing your hearts out, all you women of the chorus Sing of honor and faith and glory be Mother of Muses, sing for me Mother of Muses, sing for my heart Sing of a love too soon to depart Sing of the heroes who stood alone Whose names are in Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour on Christmas Day. This is your host, Paul Metza. Our guest, Miss Anne Margaret Daniel. Nobody knows as much about Bob Dylan, except maybe Bob Dylan and Professor Daniel. So let's talk a little bit about Dylan's vocals on this tour. He sounds like he's singing as well as he's ever sung. 
in a word, yes. He's he is singing, in fact, better than he's sung um, for many years. I think, and there is rife speculation. Um, all over uh, the big Dylan sites like Expecting Rain, which is the best one, um, but all over the Internet as to why his voice sounds so good. Um, and I think it's a mix of things. He is it's, – it always baffles me that he's never been given the credit for being a singer as much as he's been given the credit for being a songwriter. Um, for decades, you know, music critics have enjoyed making fun of his voice and talked about him gargling and talked about him, you know, growling his words. Um, that's that's just so silly. If you actually listen to him sing, the way the set list ran on this tour was fairly consistent, which is which is typical for Dylan. Um, the first few shows he ended with two songs that he later got rid of and substituted uh, "Every Grain of Sand," which which was. I think a brilliant call, but he starts he starts this tour. He has started this tour with watching the river flow, um, rather than one of the songs from Rough and Rowdy Ways. That's kind of everybody knows, right? It's one of his older classics. And it's a song that people are going to know the lyrics to or think they do, and we'll we'll talk about that later because he's shifting up and changing up the words a lot on some of these songs, um, particularly the older ones. But but that has kind of a, a muted sort of beginning. It's you know you can you can literally hear his voice warming up as he sings, watching the river flow. You can you can hear it, you know. The first night I heard him was on the Friday night uh, at the Beacon Theater in New York, and he was he was downright raspy on that, and you could you could hear him almost you know like like an actor getting ready. He definitely is. I mean, he is performer, and he's doing a lot of acting up there as well as singing. And you can hear him kind of warming up his voice on that first song, and then the he had rip most likely you go your way and I'll go mine. And it's a totally new arrangement of this song. Um it's you know, it's it's a it's a really um a real hard rocker now. And uh and his voice is just strong and powerful as anything. And it's 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 just a rise straight up to the end on every grain of sand. Um, you, you know, gone are the complaints from the mid and late '90s of not being able to hear Dylan uh, because the band is too loud. Gone are the complaints that he's muffling or muffing the words. Uh, he's absolutely spot on. Uh, I know on some of the newer songs. Um, I saw reports from earlier in the tour that he, you know, he'd miss a word here and there. He does have the words written down, you know, on top of the piano. He, he's playing an upright piano on this tour, and he's got a book with the words in it that 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 he does look down and consult from time to time. But I think most of them came in his eagerness to connect with the audience. He'd actually stepped out from behind the piano, and he was just kind of on his own with the microphone, which which he does 
for some parts of every song. And when I saw him in Boston and in Washington, which were the the two late nights in the tour, um, he was out from behind the piano for most of False Prophet. And, Mm. you know, obviously... (laughs) song knows all the words. For something like Key West that is much longer, um, sure, it's a help to, to have the to have the lyrics in front of you. But even with that constraint, he was singing really powerfully, whether he was behind the piano or out behind the piano. And the, the best thing about this band is the way in which the instruments um, permit you to hear Bob's voice and what he's saying, what he's singing, so perfectly. Um, look at the tunes on these new songs are all fairly simple. And that's been mm-hmm. something that's been, I think, true of most Dylan songs for a long time. Let's face it, the melody of Desolation Row is not exactly sophisticated, even with Charlie, McC- uh, uh, Charlie McCoy's beautiful Mexican guitar. It's, it's a simple set of notes and ups and downs. Um, what matters are the words, and you can hear them so well on every one of the songs. Um, the audience has just walked out uh, both entertained and educated and absolutely transported. <laughs> you know, I've said for years... Dylan's phrasing rivals Frank Sinatra. And as, as you know... Absolutely true. Absolutely and, true. And you know, as well as I, Dylan's had a dozen voices over the years, you know. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a certain elasticity when I listen to these shows on YouTube that he is like taking his own approach to his songs and his, mm-hmm. uh, the way he enunciates words, the way he stretches vowels shortens phrases, lengthens phrases, that is completely its own animal. He's like, you oh, know, ab- absolutely realm. true. Absolutely true. Stands out, um, obviously, on the songs that you've heard hundreds of times. Um, the, among the older songs that he's done on the set list, he initially was doing It Takes a Lot to Laugh, Takes a Train to Cry, but he stopped doing that after the first few nights, I think after Chicago. And he's been doing, I mentioned watching The River Flow and Most Likely You Go Your Way, but he's also been doing a crackerjack version of When I Paint My Masterpiece that right. has the the like the the so-called new words uh, that that he put in um they're not brand new um he's been singing them or or using them for a while and i think part of the new words to these older songs was born out of the project of mondo scripto that uh art uh, exhibition that he had at the Halcyon Gallery in 2018, where he hand wrote lyrics to some of his best known songs and then drew an image to go with them. You know, Tangled Up in Blue, the image was the abandoned car in a field. Um, uh, for Desolation Row, it was Cinderella, uh, a kind of a Disney version of Cinderella sweeping up. But in those, in Mondo Scripto, you know, people people were were breathtaking because he changed the words, and right. you know that that didn't surprise me. Changing the words, and he's been revising his own songs 
for years on stage. Um, he loves messing with Tangled Up in Blue, uh, mm-hmm. which is one of his best-known and most popular songs. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's a way, I think, of making a point that, as he says in Early Roman Kings, I ain't dead yet, my bell still rings, which oh, is, is, that's a line that always gets just a howl of agreement from the audience. Um, <laughs> and he seems to deliver it with a lot of but but that's his way of saying, you know, to change the words, is his way of saying that these songs aren't dead and set in stone. They're living, breathing things. And the new version of When I Paint My Masterpiece is gorgeous. He's, he, you know, words-wise, he's taken that, that wonderful couplet of sailing around the world in a dirty gondola, Oh, to be back in the land of Coca-Cola, you know, this kind of cynical traveler's uh, view of, of the United States of America. And he's changed that to um, the rhyme is now, um, it's the world is, is composed of crimson and clover, which is a beautiful thought. Um, I love it that at one point when he was talking to Tony Glover, and Tony Glover was trying to come up with a name for his own radio show, um, right. Dylan Dylan at one point suggested Crimson and Glover, <laughs> you know, for <laughs> Crimson and Clover. But he rhymes it. He rhymes it now. In in when I paint my masterpiece, he rhymes it now with with um, you know, it feels like my cups run it, my cups running over. So he takes wow. this, this biblical over. Uh, similarly, you know, I'll be your baby tonight, and to be alone with you are truly gentle kind of little love ditties, you know. I'll be your baby tonight is is kind of a happy little carpe diem song, you know, hey, bring that bottle over here, you know, I'll, I'll be your baby tonight. No promises about tomorrow. <laughs> Plunky tune, you yeah. know, it's a little tune with a guitar, and, and Oh, it's become this this to it, and and don't out those vowels just as you're saying, you know, I'll be a baby tonight, and it becomes this raucous, raw, really fun <laughs> piece of. Um, to no. be alone with you, also, he's he's greatly changed the words to um, to be alone with you. It's you know. He's he's changed uh, one of my favorite verses um, is is the the last one, you know, and it now goes in concert. Happened to me, darling. You saw? Did I kill somebody? Did I escape the law? My heart's in my mouth. My eyes are still blue. My mortal bliss is to be alone with you. And he delivers that all like a challenge. When he says, darling, it's, you know, it scares you. You kind of jump back. It's nice that he's calling you darling, but it's a little scary. And, um, and he consistently is doing that on his old songs. He's taking a hold of them and shaking them by the throat and waking them up and making them new things for himself, for audiences who are really accustomed to them, and for, you know, teenage kids who are at his concerts and hearing them for the first time. I think it's wonderful. Well, he wrote the damn songs. He can do anything he wants with them as far as I'm concerned, and I think you'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah. I and like he, what he's doing with them now. That's that's kind of the point. <laughs> and you know I mean, what? you... You don't 
you don't want to, if you go to hear Dylan on a that he has named the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour. That's his announcement that it's new, right? It's going to be mostly new stuff. You know, don't go expecting a jukebox who's going to play all of his songs from the 1960s that you love best in exactly the way they sound on the album. I mean, just don't don't go. <laughs> well, like he says, and we need to talk a little bit about it before we listen to it, he ain't no false prophet. Let's talk about that song and how that comes off in concert because it's on. He's on fire with that tune. He's absolutely on fire with that, and and that is the first one. Uh, I'm sorry, I contain multitudes. Is the first one of the new songs from Rough and Rowdy Ways that he does, um, but I can. It's a, it's a slower, more moody song. And he's sitting behind the piano for most of that, um, although he starts it standing out from behind. But for False Prophet, the band just starts this, this, um, this, you know, this really raw kind of beginning. And for a minute, you think it's going to be early Roman kings. And then you realize, uh-huh. you know, then the audience would realize that, oh, no, it's not. And Dylan is out from behind the piano, center stage, he kind of does she goes down, bends his neck, and he's holding the microphone, and he starts ripping out those lyrics. Another day that don't end, another ship going out, another day of anger, bitterness, and doubt. I know how it happened. I saw it begin. I opened my heart to the world, and the world came in. And the instruments just the instruments just rise in this huge rush, and it's like the world coming in, and and he's delivering that, looking dead on at his audience. And you're when he addresses, you know, a you in his songs these days, um, the world. I mean, he's talking straight to audience. Audience on this tour was an integral part of the performance, and you could just feel the energy going back and forth and his audience in a way that I since listening to his shows from 1988 to the present. I, I've never seen anything like it. It's wonderful. Let's listen to False Prophet from the record, Rough and Rowdy Ways, and we'll be back for the rest of the show with Professor Anne Margaret Daniel. Another day they don't end Another ship going out Another day of anger Bitterness and doubt I know how it happened I saw it begin I opened my heart to the world And the world came Hello, Mary Lou Hello, Miss Pearl My fleet-footed guides From the underworld No stars in the sky Shine brighter than I'm the enemy 
enemy of treason, an enemy of strife. I'm that enemy of the unlived, meaningless life. I ain't no false prophet. I live on the streets, named after a saint. Women in the churches wear powder and paint. Where the Jews and the Catholics and the Muslims are praying. I can tell a product from a mile away. Goodbye, Jimmy B. Jimmy Reed indeed. Give me that old-time religion. It's just what I need. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Go tell it on the mountain, go tell the real story. Tell it in that straightforward, puritanical tone. In the mystic hours where the person's alone. Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. Godspeed. Thump on the Bible, I proclaim a creed. Welcome back to the last set of the Ball of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. Merry Christmas, everybody. We just heard Goodbye, Jimmy Reed, from the great Bob Dylan, from his fantastic record, Rough and Rowdy Ways. Our guest, Ann-Margaret Daniel, has heard this several times in concert. Let's talk about Goodbye, Jimmy Reed, Professor Daniel. Merry Christmas again, Paul, and it is my great pleasure to talk about Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. Um, I have to say, when I got my review copy of the new album, I sat down in a completely isolated place, and I listened to it straight through, as one does. Um, Goodbye, Jimmy Reed comes uh, sort of midway through rough and rowdy ways, as I recall. Let me, um, uh, I can't remember exactly where it falls, but I think it's, uh, it's about, it's about midway through the, uh, through the record. Um, maybe in the, it's in the five or six spot. Um, my recollection is it comes right after Black Rider, which he also performs in concert, which is amazing. But from mm-hmm. that beginning guitar, from that twangy little guitar riff at the beginning, um, I had looked at the list of names, and I see a song called Goodbye, Jimmy Reed, and I was waiting for that one. That is the first time that I sprang to my feet, and I started jumping up and down while I while I was listening. Um, on this tour, Dylan has been performing it in the closer spot. Uh, he's not doing an encore per se. What he does is uh, he and the band do Goodbye, Jimmy Reed, and then he does a very generous set of band introductions, and he talks a little bit about each city that they're appearing in. Um, in Boston, he shouted out Paul Revere, 
and the midnight ride in uh, in Washington. You know, he he chose he chooses things that are that are germane to each city. Um, he did the same thing in New York, slightly different every night. But then after that, they would perform every grain of sand as the closer. On Every show that I saw, people jumped up for Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. You can't sit down. It is a wonderful, danceable, um, it's, it's, it's everything. It's rock and roll. It's boogie-woogie. It's absolutely the blues, as you would expect from a song called Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. And it's, you know, it's also... <sighs> There's something there's something about it that's just really um it, it, it's it's a little history lesson in a way. It is a lesson in musical types and forms. Even as you're dancing to it, you're like, Okay, wow, that's a great blues riff or my gosh, I've heard this on on an old song of Howlin' Wolf or is this a riff from Muddy Waters? Um you know, Jimmy Reed was one of the great bluesmen of Bob Dylan's lifetime. He he was born and raised in Mississippi, and he was one of the first absolutely hard-charging electric bluesmen. When Jimmy Reed took that acoustic, sliding, whaley blues guitar and decided to go electric with it, um, that in some ways was as ground shaking, as earth breaking, as it was when Dylan went electric at Newport. Um, the energy and the power that Jimmy Reed had on his albums from the 30s, the 40s, uh, the 50s, you know, even from the time he was a young man. Um, and Dylan has captured that essence in almost kind of a historical flashback way on this one song. Well, what I love, always loved about uh, Dylan is not only is a, a superb student of uh, American history, uh, but musical history as well. Rough and Rowdy Waves, that was a Jimmy Rogers song. Uh, sure. You know, and, and, and through his career, whether it's uh, when he's quoting people like Jimmy Reed, and Jimmy Reed, of course, had almost as many number one hits on the blues and R&B charts as anybody, also a phenomenal harmonica player, I might add. Uh, Absolutely. But just, just so fun to see that last hundred years of American music and social history in person when you go to see Bob Dylan. Well, it really is, and it's so packed into this one song. You know, there's there's one verse that's about, um, it's kind of like, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of, of Johnny Cash and the little black-haired boy who played, the, you know, the Tennessee flat-top box. It's, uh -huh. it's a verse that goes, you won't amount to much, the people all said, because I didn't play my guitar behind my head. I never pandered. I never acted proud. Never took off my shoes and threw them in the crowd. So it's like it's this, you know, it's it's Dylan being an individual and standing out. These are things he didn't do. When he has a line in there about I had nothing to fight with but a butcher's hook, the image I get is Marlon Brando with his longshoreman's hook at the end of On the Waterfront. You know, it, it's there. The images in this song are just so powerful. When Dylan writes a line. Um, talking about a transparent woman in a transparent dress 
And then he says, I need you like my head needs a loose, uh, like my head needs a noose. Um, I thought I could resist her, but I was so wrong. It's, you know, that's every song about every gorgeous, deceitful woman. And, you know, if, if you want every blues song about a beautiful, deceitful woman, you better sit down and have a long time to listen. But you know what, th- uh... this is... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say that the rough and rowdy ways and hearing how he performs on these lyrics, there's some real, whether he's got four pistols and two large knives or he's hacking people. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, you know, violence or impending violence in a lot of these songs. He's a, he's a badass who I wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. Let's put it that way. He's, he's, he is a badass, but every single song ends with a kind of a benediction. Um, and goodbye, Jimmy, goodbye, Jimmy Reed with all of its, with all of its thumping and pounding and all of its, um, and it does have a lot of violent images and, you know, things like the strife between Protestants and Catholics and, you know, these moments that he notes. That last couplet is just so beautiful. He's never ready to say goodbye to Jimmy Reed. He says, goodbye, Jimmy Reed, and everything within you. And then the last line is a composite of Bill Monroe and Mama Reed, who wrote one of Jimmy Reed's greatest songs, his wife, Mary Lee, Mama Reed. And the last Uh line is, can't you hear me calling from down in Virginia? And so you get the Bill Monroe, can't you hear me calling? married to the Jimmy Reed down in Virginia, which was a 1969 hit for him. And when Mm -hmm. Dylan delivers that line in concert and he draws out that last awe of Virginia, that last night in Washington, D.C., there were a lot of people from Virginia there, including yours truly, who was born and raised in Virginia. And we screamed like hell. I mean, it was (laughs) just so great to hear him pouring it on the way he's doing these days. Um, I mean, tell you how much fun I'm having listening to you tell these stories. We've just got a few minutes left. Um, And we could talk for several more shows about it all. But what's it like? You've been following Dylan for 40 plus years. What is it like seeing Bob Dylan as an 80-year-old man perform number one how does he look number two what does it feel to you personally well how does it look first question he moves really lightly on stage he's always moved kind of like a cat on the balls of his feet Mm -hmm. and he's obviously he's obviously someone who is taking really good care of himself he's got a lot of energy he does that little knees bent turn that I told you about. He gestures. Um, he doesn't move like any 80-year-olds I know. And no 80-year-old I know has just spent a month pouring out performances like these for the better part of two hours, pretty much nightly, and driving across the Midwest and the East and the Mid-Atlantic in a great big brown and black tour bus, you know, I'm so impressed with him doing this instead of, you know, being in Cabo playing golf or hanging out in a barca lounger watching other people play golf. Um, okay. He's playing shuffleboard in Florida. I, <laughs> yeah, or that. 
He's, I mean, he's, he's got just a blessed amount of energy and capacity that kind of goes hand in hand with his genius. It's, um, that's how he looks on stage. And I certainly hope he's enjoying his Christmas break, but greedily and eagerly, I think a lot of people are out here anticipating and wondering where the Rough and Rowdy Ways tour is going to head next. Um, hopefully, uh, somewhere obvious, obviously that it's safe to go with the pandemic not ended. Um, I would, I would welcome, uh, a more substantial American tour in the spring. Dylan has been very fond of going to New Orleans, Mobile, Clearwater, um, you know, Tampa, Miami, uh, Richmond and Savannah and Memphis. So I, I really hope that the tour begins again soon. And who knows if Bob's in the uh, Twin Cities enjoying the holidays with his family. He might be at his farm west of uh, Minneapolis tonight. Who knows? He might even be listening to this show. So, Bob, if you are listening, Merry Christmas. And, Mark Daniel, this has been just phenomenal. We hope you enjoy the rest of this lovely Christmas day and evening. We will stay in touch. And this was the perfect Christmas episode on the Wall of Power radio hour well paul it's delightful to be back and to revisit the events of earlier this month and in november which were just i mean it it really was benedictory after the lockdowns we've been through and the grief and the loss and the fear to be able to go and dance to bob dylan singing brand new songs merry christmas and happy new year merry christmas thank you and and we will stay in touch Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson. We'd like to thank our guest, Professor Anne Margaret Daniel. We hope everybody's enjoying a wonderful Christmas holiday. We got a little bit of Christmas at Molly's, a song I wrote years ago for you. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Like I just lost the keys to the city. As a sailor, I've sent postcards round the world, but the picture tonight wasn't pretty. I walked in the shadows of haunted hotels, like a miner trapped in a cavern. Well, I looked to the east and a star had shone down, and it led me right to Molly's Tavern. So I follow the footprints made in the snow by Salvation Army musicians. I got in line and I stood right behind a tap dancer and two blind magicians. You would have thought I had been there before as Molly stood there to greet me. Eighty years old with a gleam in her eye said you're expected and proceeded to see me. Come all ye low-down rounders Lift up you low-down ways Pass the malt and the mistletoe It's almost Christmas Day
I walked around in the harp player asked if I would like to request a selection. I smiled and I asked for God bless the child and for him I took up a collection. I spotted a man with a white beard and red from a distance looked just like Chris Kringle. As he went to the roof, oh, I thought I heard hoofs and I swear I heard sleigh bells a jingle. We waltzed on a dance floor made out of glass.